Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. I just don't go to banks anymore. And people say to me, well, you could have got a little better rate. I, I said, I don't care. I don't want the tie personally. I don't want the mental uh, grueling part of the going through underwriting. So we just don't do loans, period. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to another episode of Ritter on Real Estate. I'm your host, Kent Ritter, and today our guest is Chris Prefontaine. Chris is a three-time best-selling author of Real Estate on Your Terms, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, and then Monica Sawyer's Real Estate Investing for Women. He's the founder and CEO of smartrealestatecoach.com, and he's host of the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast. Chris, thanks so much for being here today. You bet. Uh, thanks for having me on, Kent. Appreciate it. Awesome. So I'm excited to dig in today. Before we do that, tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I'll, t- I'll take 30 and a half years and do it in like a minute or two here. Perfect. Um, so we... We, my son-in-law, my son and I, and a great team buy and sell property around the New England area, specifically Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts. We then teach the exact same concepts, which you and I will dive into a little bit, all across the country with students. We call them associates. We actually do deals with them so that they learn very interactively. Uh, And that was all, this whole niche that we're in right now, Kent, was built coming out of the 08 crash. Um, Yes, I've been at this 30 and a half years, but 18 of those led into the crash, right? There, give or take. And so learned some really tough lessons there. And as a result, re-engineered the entire business to what it is today. And you couldn't have convinced me in 08, but super thankful that that went. So the curveball that got thrown at us was in hindsight, very good. And so we're set up quite differently now. I'm sure we'll dive into it. Yeah, well, I'm excited to dig in. I think it's really interesting. I think how you've taken obviously some lumps and we'll get into what those were, but, but come out, you know, even better than before and kind of realign into a, a, a bigger kind of better, I imagine what, what is a stronger business. And so, yeah, yeah, excited, excited to dig in and understand a little more. So, so you guys are buying, you're buying properties, you've got a coaching business, you're teaching people how to buy properties. Um, but what, I guess what makes your, your program unique and, and may, maybe start with, elaborate a little more on kind of what happened in 08 and how did that, you know, how are you doing things before what happened? And then how does that alter how you do things now? Yeah. 
no particular priority order, but I, 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 the short answer is I was buying property there pretty conventionally prior to 08. I was a realtor for like 13 years. And then I started doing my own investments and coaching some people selectively, but I would raise money uh, from investors uh, and then buy property commercial, mostly during going into the crash, uh, multifamily and commercial. And then I would also buy by taking bank loans out. You know, I had good credit then. I thought that was the norm. That's how I grew up. And then the crash happened in some of my projects, like we had um, one in particular, we had a condominium conversion project that went down two thirds in value. I mean, that's rather dramatic. So because I was on personally, the banks came knocking and that's what they did on 22 of my properties. They were big projects. So coming out of that, the biggest lesson was that I do not, do not, do not, unless it's for personal residence only, is the only time I tell people it's okay, sign on, on bank debt, just don't do it. So we buy everything, owner financing, or subject to existing financing or lease purchase. But the first two I like better because we own it. Uh, the next and the last one, we control it. That's how we buy. We, we do, at any one time, we control about 80 million in real estate and we are not on any loans. That's So I sleep a little better at night than I did going into the crash. Let me put it that way. Interesting. And when you say you're, you're not on loans, that means you don't use loans or you're, you're not signing recourse loans to be personally, to, you're not personally guaranteeing loans. Good question. We don't take out loans. Uh, so like, let me take my office building. I'm not in it today. I'm, I'm remote, but my office building was bought in 18. It was bought from a savvy real estate investor. He's like the largest landowner on, on the island where I live, this three town island. And he literally wanted owner financing. He was free and clear, debt free. That's who we like to deal with, by the way. It's about mm -hmm. a third of the properties in the United States. Um, and he structured, I usually like to structure principal only payments. Um, he likes, he's conventional. So he wanted interest. So we did a hybrid deal. I did about 24 months of principal only pay down, hammered the principal. And then we amortized the balance and, and we kept going. I, th that whole deal, as you know, commercial underwriting can be grueling. That whole deal took literally minutes in his office. And then we happened to have a mutual law office and they drafted the deal up. So I just don't go to banks anymore. And people say to me, well, you could have got a little better rate. I, I said, I don't care. I don't want the tie personally. I don't want the mental uh, grueling part of the going through underwriting. So we just don't do loans, period. And that happened to be an office building, but you can do this on anything. You can do it on planes and boats, right? But, but we're, we're talking mm -hmm. real estate only. So you're, you're not using bank financing, but you are using right. owner financing. Yes. So yep. there is leverage. There's a, there's a piece of leverage in your deal. It's just kind of where where the source is coming from, right? And hundred percent. Yeah. And then of course we the don't sign personally on the on the owner financing, but yes, is dead there. <clears throat> I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So um, no, I, I think it's it's really interesting. It's it's definitely a different model. Um, so you've explained how you've kind of altered the 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 debt and how, and how that changed your business model. What well, maybe explain for our, <clears throat> our listeners because some probably don't know. Yeah, you mentioned three types. You mentioned owner financing, you mentioned lease purchase option, you mentioned another one I can't remember off the top of my head. Why don't you explain what what the what those are and kind of what, you know, just explain what those are and how those work. Sure. And then you can have me peel back further on any one of them. I'll just give a high level. Sure. Yeah. Um, so the owner financing one that I just explained is simply we do target a niche within the niche, which is those free and clear properties. So that owner, Alan is his name. He became the bank essentially. So instead of bringing new financing to the table, your settlement statement just says owner financing and that's the, the mortgage that he holds and we pay him directly. Um, sadly, he since passed away, but his family now receives those payments. Um, so owner financing, most people like sellers even are familiar with it. 
the the one you said you couldn't remember what i said was subject to existing financing again been around for hundreds of years but a lot of people aren't familiar with it so that's where i'll buy someone's home unlike the office building owner that was debt free usually a sub two subject to existing financing seller is stressed out and that's why they will willing to transfer the property to you leaving the loan in their name so i make payments on their behalf i own the property the loan is never in my name and until such time that's cashed out, they're still technically obligated to the loan. So they've got a, there's gonna be a trust factor there and I gotta make the payment. So I don't have any due on sale clause triggered. So that's subject to existing financing. And, and again, from a seller avatar standpoint, one is not stressed out at all, very savvy and wants to do a long-term deal for estate planning or, or tax reasons. Mm-hmm. And one is usually stressed going, look, I need debt relief, take my property. Mm-hmm. Um, the third is lease purchase in all states but Texas, uh, as of right now, you can do what's called a sandwich lease, where I go in and tie up a, doesn't matter what type of property, I tie up a property on a lease purchase contract with the right to go ahead and put in a buyer of mine, a tenant buyer, who may need time to get financing. They just can't get financing today. And so the sandwich comes in where I control the property from the seller. I then locate my buyer and I put them together. I'm in the middle uh, of that sandwich and I secure my interest with a uh, notice of option. So I'm on title. And so there's no licensing or anything like that that comes into play because I'm an equitable interest in the property. Gotcha. <clears throat> gotcha. So seller financing subject to, and then a lease purchase option on that lease purchase option. Are you, uh, I mean, are you essentially, is it type of wholesaling that property? Uh, good question. We, you could, we don't, there's people teach that. Um, we actually, all of ours are going to exit on the leases. We're going to exit with a rent to own buyer in there. Um, I've done on little, a little two unit commercial building, but I've done it a hundreds of times, if not approaching a thousand on residential. And so there, there'll be a buyer. There's about 80% of the market right now as rates are starting to skyrocket, as mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's buyers that are valid buyers that might've got stung by COVID or stung by a divorce. So the credit needs adjusting or because of the COVID craze of everybody going the entrepreneur route, they might need two years of seasoning before they're financeable, you know, with a new business. Mm-hmm. So those are the buyers we like to work with. They have down payments. They just need time. So we put them in the home and then eventually we get them mortgage ready and they cash everybody out of the deal. So it's pretty cool because every one of our deals, gotcha. can, we've, um, we've trademarked what we call the three payday system. Mm-hmm. So coming from, you know, 30 years of real estate for 18 of those, I got paid once. I got paid well, but I got paid once per deal. If I did a flip or if I did a rehab, now we get paid three times on every single deal. So we've trademarked that um, in, the, in the United States anyway for three paydays. Pretty cool. Gotcha. Well, I, I, I want to dig into more to what the three paydays are. But bef- before you do that, just to round off the financing, you know, I think for people that are listening, I think this is a really timely discussion. Obviously, if you've been paying any attention, you've seen where interest rates are going. They're, they're going up. They're, they're going up for the, for the foreseeable future, at least over yeah. the next 18 months. And um, so I think this discussion around alternative financing sources that, that Chris has just laid out, the three different types, right? I think you guys should be paying attention to as listeners because, I mean, if, if you're looking at traditional financing with a bank and for whatever reason, it's just not getting you where you need to be, know that there's other options out there. Know that these are other options that you can present to sellers. Um, and, and maybe it's a way to take get a deal done or keep a deal alive 
uh, when, uh, you know, where you just can't, you just can't let that, that bank, if that's your only avenue, be that barrier. So I think it's just, it's optionality, which is important. I think as interest rates go up, I think creative financing becomes even more important. It hasn't been, you know, in the past few years, our interest rates have been crazy low. It, it's been fairly easy to go to a bank. It, it's going to be more difficult. So I think just once you guys to pay attention, you know, do some research on those and, and just have options as you're trying to do deals. Yeah, for sure. And there's another piece of the sub twos, Kent, I'll throw out. My wife asked me this this morning. She said she understands sub two, obviously. We've been married 36 years. She kind of gets what I do. So she said, isn't it cool that the, the rates are so low, the were so low just not too long ago. So some of these sub two properties, sadly, the people or the owners can't hang on to it, even though they've had some good appreciation and a good rate. And mm -hmm. so we're getting these properties with underlying loans like that are that are carrying those three and four percent interest rates. I'm talking about commercial multi and and uh, resident regular single families. Mm -hmm. You can hang on to those for 10, 20, 30 years. You don't have to exit out of them. So we, we do a ton of that. It's, it's really cool coming up with all these changes going on. Yeah, absolutely. You're getting in at a preferred rate. That's that's creating value right away. Well, very good. So. So yeah, let's talk about this uh, this three payday a little bit. What's that about? What are the three paydays? Yeah, so on this applies to only residential now. So let me just with that disclosure. So the three paydays would be remember that buyer that that is a valid buyer, but they need time. You know, they just left corporate America. They make six figures. They have a four hundred one k, and now they go to go in their own business, but they're not financeable, and they want to buy a house for their family. So payday one is they put down a down payment. We're usually in about the seven and a half percent range if it's a jumbo loan or will be eventually for them over the course of their rent home. We want to get them up to 20% so we can set them up to win. Mm -hmm. So that's nice because it's non-refundable and it gets them more vested in the home. It gives you immediate cash flow. That's yours. Uh, payday two is the difference between whatever I'm collecting from my tenant buyer while they're in the home getting mortgage ready and what I'm paying out to my seller or their underlying debt that I'm paying on. There's a spread there. It's usually like about 300 bucks up to a thousand uh, is a typical deal per month per house. And payday three is the best. Payday three is all of that time where the tenant buyer is in the home could be three years is pretty typical, but could be longer. All that principal pay down is accruing to us. And then any markup in price we did. So all three paydays to put some real math to this for our family team is around 75 grand per deal around the country. I'm talking East to West coast. We go a low 45,000 with our students to a high of quarter of a million, you know, in the California area, DC, you know, hotter markets and higher price range, but that's pretty lucrative. So you don't, you know, people think of these deals we do. They're so lucrative. A lot of people do them part-time because how many of those do you really need? You know, six figure deals do you really need or want in the course of a year for cash flow? It's, it's, it, I don't want to water it down because it is, it is work. Obviously the stumbling blocks, but it's mm -hmm. not brain science how we structure these. Now it's interesting I, on that last one. So, what position is in the sandwich deal? Like, what's the relationship to the seller in that deal? So we have the um, relationship with the seller directly. They're not responsible for the buyer that I install in the home, nor do they have any risk if my buyer. Uh, we, you know, two percent of these default, which is not bad. You look at the government mm -hmm. loans; it's it's probably higher than I don't know the number, but. But even if a buyer of ours defaults, they have a life event. We had two during COVID out of like 50 something. That's not too bad. But if that happens, that's our problem. That's not the seller's problem. All they know is they're guaranteed X amount of equity at the end uh, yeah. if they had equity or they're just guaranteed their loan gets paid off. And it's our headache if anything happens in the middle. But with, with the seller, are you doing, is it seller financing then? 
on the sandwich. No, what happens is let's say let's let's use an example. There's a lot of scenarios, but let's say that you have um, a property that I'm so sorry, I get noise in the background remotely. Let's say you have a property that has um, $300,000 dollars uh, of retail value. We agree on that, Kent, you and I. Mm-hmm. There's an underlying debt of $250,000. i am paying on that underlying debt that's in your name every single month. You're waiting for your fifty dollars equity that you thought you had or you tried to get on the open market. That's how that works. So I'm not doing any owner financing. He's, he or she is just going to get their equity at the end and get their loan paid off. You're paying on their loan during Correct. the time. Correct. Gotcha. So it's you're very similar to a sub two. I just don't trans no deed transfers. That's the big difference. Right. Right. Okay. So it's a sub two plus just kind of another piece of it where you're bringing another, uh, a buyer to the table yeah. that you're going to build up. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, very good. So, um, obviously, you know, it, it's, it's unique. Um, it definitely sounds like it could be lucrative with, with your three paydays. Um, I mean, what do you see, how do you see things changing over, you know, just in the, in the current environment that we're in, you know, obviously a lot of things moving around. I mean, does that, is that good for business, bad for business? How do you, how do you adjust strategy? Do you need to, and tell me what your, what your thoughts are there? Yeah, it's actually great. Anytime the market shifts or there's chaos or uncertainty, like when COVID initially hit, for example, that's good for us because what do we do? We solve problems, right? Or, or in the free and clear case, we help people achieve a goal that they otherwise couldn't. So when there's change, that's good. And the market's always changing. So I built this niche coming out of the, out of the crash to really weather any storm. So what do I see happening? Uh, well, we just talked about interest rates, you and I, right? Mm-hmm. There's tens of thousands or probably millions, if you look at the whole market, of buyers that are getting pushed to the side. They might have been on the cusp of qualifying and now they're getting pushed to the side, especially when you're talking commercial deals that have taken 25 or 30% down or multifamily deals. So they're getting pushed out of the market. We have a, we have a, a, a pathway to get them back into home ownership. They just need time. So that's gonna, there's gonna be a plethora, plethora of buyers for us there. And then on the selling side, that automatically brings the demand down. I think everybody would agree with that as buyers get pushed off the conventional, you know, trail of mortgage, uh, mortgage, um, uh, underwriting. Mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. The other thing that's happening is, um, I get the, we're like a microcosm of society, our community, we call it the wicked smart community because we see what they're going on across the country. And what's going on now is we're getting calls like left and right from people that kick the can down the road, so to speak with forbearance agreements. And some of them just can't handle them. They can't, they can't make do where they're supposed to. And they're calling us to take them over. And we're picking up a lot of subject to properties that way. And it's saving them and saving their credit. So we're doing a good thing. It's a healthy relationship. And we're getting those lower interest loans and this enormous uh, three paydays and built into all of those. So I, I think we sort of got a perfect storm here as this market tends to uh, shift and feed us these types of deals. I, I, I love it, frankly. I, and my wife says, that's crazy. Everybody's whining about it. I said, no, it's really good for the terms niche that we can grab these deals and help so many people. Interesting. Yeah. And you mentioned that buying on terms. What do you mean by buying on terms? That's just so people would know that Ken has creative real estate. It's just what you and I have been t- like, lease purchase, okay. owner financing and sub too. Yeah. I, my book is just called, um, real estate on your terms. And so we stuck with that, with that theme. And, I gotcha. And, I gotcha. So yeah. it's kind of creative financing options, yes. creative yeah. ways to get it done. Gotcha. And how do you guys source your properties? So how, how are you getting all these deals? Okay. So when someone's brand new and then I'll go deeper into what we do as a family, cause I've been at yeah. it so long. So when someone's brand new, it's, it's not much different than uh, other lead sources in that we call for sale by owners. 
not great during the hot market, right? So then we call for rent by owners. There are a lot of tired landlords, especially like in your multifamily space, a lot of tired landlords. Mm -hmm. So it's a great source, a great list. And then um, expired listings. I don't care how hot the market is, like California, New York, some of these hot markets, they're expired listings still for whatever reason. So we fish in that pond. When a student, and in our case, we're always looking for a bigger lead, so, you know, more leads, more volume. We do uh, specifically buy two lists and they've always been in any market, very, very successful for us. The free and clear list that I mentioned, a third of the properties in the United States. Uh, mortgage broker in um, Florida told me last week in her area in Naples, 52% are debt-free, 52% of the homes. That's a cool market deficient. And I'm sure the multis are the same way. I don't know the percentages, so I won't hmm. try to guess at it. Um, that's a good one. And then absentee uh, slash out-of-state owners. Great post-COVID seems to me because we're getting a lot of that because I think uh, what I'm hearing and seeing is people are unloading properties where they were traveling before. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I live in an area like that. So I understand a lot of people are selling if they're not VRBOing, they're selling. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And so, so if somebody's free and clear, you're able to basically create an, an income stream for them through the yeah. property. Yeah. They have some tax advantages. Like this guy that sold me the building, he, he forgot to put a prepay in. I didn't expect him to, but later on when I even talked about possibly refining. Uh, conventionally, he forbid us. Like he was adamant, he was angry about it. So I never did, but he did. He did not want to get paid out. He had estate planning in mind. He was ill, and mm-hmm. and I, that's when I said passed away. And he also yeah. had tax advantages in mind. He didn't want his 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 son and his wife to be running a building. He just wanted it covered in an income stream coming in, and that's yeah. why he did it that way. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I think like you said, you're, you're able to solve problems. I mean, you're yeah. able to basically fit the right solution to to different folks. My other question, I was just curious about it. Why, why don't the subject to people, why don't they just sell it, sell their house? Yeah, I, best ways to give you a couple of examples. Like just recently, a uh, COVID example, we had a woman, older woman in Michigan with one of my students and we do the deals with them. So I just, like, just did this deal. Mm-hmm. She was sadly behind on her first. It was only like an $800 payment. And her second was like 200. She was behind three or four months already on these and just couldn't make it up. And so the market with what she had it stacked up with the rares and the forbearance and everything added in, she couldn't mm-hmm. get it sold conventionally quick enough to band-aid her problem. And so when she found out from my student, not only could we do it quickly, real quickly, but she also found out who we serve on the other end, i.e. the buyers that need time. And that lit her up. We get that a lot from sellers. They like our energy of who we're trying to help on both sides of the transaction mm-hmm. versus Hey, I want to grab your deal at 60 cents on the dollar. And, and a lot of sellers comment on that because I'll get them their price or I'll get them out of their problem as long as we get the right term. And so yeah. there's all different reasons. Sometimes they just don't want to pay a fee. You know, they're just stubborn. Sometimes they want more than the market will give. If the if there's an owner financing deal, Kent, and they and I I could pay a premium on it as long as I'm paying principal only and as long as I get a long enough term, because I'm eating that premium up real quick, like four or five, six months, right? Yeah. It's principal yeah. pay down. So yeah. I say, well, no, I don't, I don't want to sell your property. I'll, I'll pay you more. I bought a six unit, for example, recently. He was a retired um, uh, professor and he had girls that his, his daughter just got out of school and he didn't need the cash anymore. So he said, I want, I want, I think it was like uh, 449 The market realistically from an income standpoint, if I did it on income method, it's probably like a 410 building. I gladly paid him his price because he gave me like six year terms, principal only place was a machine for cash. So again, there's some reasons I could, there's so many reasons, but so tell how does principal only work? 
Um, there are only a few exceptions per the IRS, and you can Google it, where you have to charge uh, imputed interest. You have to have imputed interest. Mm -hmm. So on the residentials, I don't have to pay interest. So um, the guy from my building, for example, for the first 24 months, I every payment I made was principal only. Just so you're getting down. an interest-free loan yeah. for a certain term. Oh, yeah, crazy. usually four years. This guy wouldn't go for it. He was, but. he was, no, no, no. But we did a hybrid. And we were both happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, hey, if you can get it, that, that's great. I had not heard Any of that bit before. Of it, right. But that's, uh, that is a sweet deal. I'll give you that. So, so talk to, so I think I understand now kind of what you're doing. I, I think it's, it's definitely a compelling angle. Um, it sounds like you guys have scaled up to a pretty uh, robust state. You guys are doing it across the country. Um, and now you're, you're teaching other people how to do it. Right. So like, so what, what does that program look like as your, um, you know, I guess as, as you're partnering with people, uh, yeah. to get these deals done, I mean, how does that work? Well, I'm so I'm big on free. Cause I think there's so many shiny objects in real estate. So I, I tend to throw people through like the YouTube channel where they can see the deals. We're pretty blunt. We just kind of throw good, bad and ugly out there. So people understand what they're getting into. So we, mm -hmm. we tend to attract a more serious person that goes, Hey, sorry, get it, understand it, want to get behind it. Um, but then if they decide that that's something they want to do, then we put them into our Academy. Our Academy's online. It's constantly updated, even post COVID, like, you know, interest rates rising, everything's updated. It's a living, breathing course, not just a, a, a once through. Um, and then they can either go do deals on their own. And frankly, I think money will be left on the table, but they'll get it done or they can apply. It's by application. They can apply to be in our associate program and our associate program. There's different levels, but it just means how much they're going to keep versus how much they're going to split with us. And it's not for life. It's like 10 deals. Because 10 deals, they're not like the expert, but they got their feet wet enough to know, hey, I, I kind of get what I'm doing. I can fly on my own or let's do more deals together. We get a little of both. Very, very family oriented just because we have a family business and we tend to attract that. People with family members or kids that want to be in the business or a goal to do that. So it's a very tight community. And um, gosh, you got at this point about 140 people like on a Slack community where you get a deal and you throw it out there and you got every, everybody helping you, not just our family anymore. So it's a pretty cool environment where it's interactive learning nonstop 24 seven. And what, what's the biggest barrier to, to getting started with this type of program? Is it, is it finding the leads? You know, what's the piece of it? I, I, this probably gonna surprise you, but I think that uh, any niche, not just ours is um, they, there's too many marketing things going online and, and on TV where real estate, is portrayed as a get rich quick, right? Mm -hmm. So I honestly think the biggest barrier is expectations. People come in with this expectation that they can do a deal tomorrow and it's, it's, it's easy. Mm -hmm. I, I scream that it's not, so they don't come in with false expectations. I think it's the biggest problem, the biggest challenge in the real estate industry right now, and has been probably for decades. Um, number one, number two, belief in themselves. I know this is like, you probably thought I was gonna give you a real estate answer, but the mental game, yeah, it makes sense. Much more than people think. And, and I'm sure yeah. in your business and syndication must be even, even tougher for some people in their mind. But they all can do it if they would just get around, like in syndication, get around you, figure out how to do it, get around people that have done it. This is not brain yeah. science. I, I was reading, um, it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Anderson Cooper. He wrote a book about his family, the Vanderbilts. And I only picked it up because in, where I'm from in Newport, Rhode Island, there's a mansion there that obviously has history. So I picked it up and it said in the 1600s before banking in New York City, they were doing lease purchase, owner financing. This is not new. It's just that we're making it as mainstream as we can and disrupting the market to your earlier point as banks get tougher. 
Um, but it's been around forever and it's just, can you do it? Yes. Can your, can your market, can you do it in your market? Yes. Can you do it in your price range? Yes. Just get around someone that can show you how that's all. Mm -hmm. No, I, I don't doubt that mindset. I mean, I think everything starts with, starts with mindset. I think you can only, you can only achieve what you believe, right? Yep. You got to believe yep. you can do it. I think getting around people that are like-minded is incredibly important, whether that's going to meetups, whether it's, I mean, even it's just, I mean, for me, it started listening to podcasts and just hearing mm -hmm. from people like this, they're like, wow, this stuff is possible and people are out there doing it. You know, I mean, that was kind of the first step, but you know, then like from my own personal path that led to going to meetups and finding groups of people that were like-minded and, and then, you know, mentors and coaching and things. And because when you're doing stuff, it's different. You got to find people that that you got to get validation from somewhere. Cause I bet, I bet most of you, I mean, you've been doing it for 30 years. So I bet when you started, maybe a lot of your family members probably weren't like, yeah, Chris, you should definitely go out and do all these weird things that we've never heard of in, in real estate. Right. I mean, most people probably told you you were a little bit crazy well, uh, to be doing that. I can tell you, I laughed because my wife just brought this up recently. Uh, she said, do you remember in 13, when I had four years of nightmare, literally nightmare, stress, health, everything mm -hmm. from eight to 12, working my way out of that nonsense with the crash. And she said, in 13, you started going after the terms business, the creative real estate. And so many people said, what are you thinking about? You, you're not, because the market was still weird. Then it was low. Yeah. And people were saying, what, what are you doing? You're buying, like I was gobbling them up then on terms. And people thought I was cuckoo. And to this day, we close two or three properties a month that I gobbled up in 13 or 14 or, you know, keeps just rolling forward now for the infinite future. So, yeah, yeah uh, you're good. I don't care what niche you're going. People, someone's going to tell you you're nuts. Go seek someone else. That's all. That's right. That's right. You got to get around like-minded people. I think that's important for, for folks in real estate. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Well, Chris, we appreciate you sharing uh, your model. I think it's unique. It's definitely compelling. I think it, it sounds like a good way to get started. I mean, it sounds like, you know, it, it's something that is uh, definitely like achievable and, and pretty approachable. Um, so, and that's great. And you got to, you got to program around it. It sounds like you also got a good YouTube channel and things. So we'll make sure that we, that we get those listed. Awesome. But um, before I let you get going, I want to take you through our keys to success round. I got uh, some questions I want to ask you, four questions I ask everybody. Sure. The first one is, if you were going to invest your money with someone else, somebody else in their real estate deal, and you could only ask them one question, what would that one question be? Mm, uh, how, uh, how and at what level am I secured? What do you mean by that, secured? Like when I put my head in the pillow at night, am I going to lose my money? Gotcha. Gotcha. Like, so yeah, how, how you protect we'll talk the return after that. I just want to know how is it protected? Yeah. And I think that that's a great point. I mean, you know, I, I say this a lot on the show, but I think newer investors focus on that shiny upside. They focus on that number. I think savvy investors focus on what's my downside protection first. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. you saying that. What are you most proud of in your career? I'd have to say uh, with the benefit of hindsight now, the, my family would mean the business. Um, my kids, quote unquote, my adult kids are 30. My son lost 32 or 31. My son's 33 and my daughter's 32. And they're with me in the business. And I get to hang out with them every day. Like that, I don't know what else I'd want to do. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I have a six, a five and a three-year-old nice. right now. And nice. that, that's my hope is, uh, you know, one day, you know, maybe in uh, maybe 15 years, we get them, we get them into the business. and we Get them in the deals into, now. They'll, they'll never forget. Yeah, I love it. I love that. Uh, what's a book that everybody should read? 
you know, we just had an offsite last week, our company did, and we started talking about uh, shoe dog again. Um, the Phil Knight's book. I, yeah. I, it's like our CFO chimed in and said, it's my favorite book. I said, like I brought it up originally, like it's, it's an amazing book. If you're building a business, it's an amazing book anyway, but mm-hmm. it's an amazing book. If you are building or want to build a business. Yeah. I love that. Love that book. And lastly, what is your number one key to success? Um, this is a toughie to go to one answer, but I, I would say that always, always, always looking for the next person or group that can bring you to the next level. What I I mean by that is every six months, sometimes 12, there's somewhere we're trying to go. Mm -hmm. And so we literally as a team go, okay, personally and business-wise, what do we have to do? Who do we have to hire to get us there? Like every year we do this. And personally, I've always done it because there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Anything. I'm talking, open a hot dog stand. Someone did it. Do a syndication. Someone did it. Go find them. That's, That's it. Don't reinvent. So, so find them and then figure out a way to partner with them. Is that partner or learn from in some shape, form? Yeah. Mentor. I don't care what the arrangement is somehow get yeah, rub yeah. elbows with the right people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that advice. And it's critical. I mean, I think in real estate, well, I guess everything, but especially in real estate, it seems like everything that, that we do, I mean, it seems like all my success has been related to the network I built and the relationships I have and, yeah. and getting around the right people. And for sure, um, it's like what I tell people when they come out to my meetup uh, that we do monthly, I just tell them, you know, you, you spent the time to come here, you know, you might as well, you might as well meet the people that are here because you never know you're gonna meet one person that's going to change your life. Literally could be worth millions and it has happened. You just got to get around it and follow the energy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that advice. So Chris, um, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, they want to learn about the program, you know, how to be wicked smart. How do they reach you? Yeah. Good, good plug in there. Kent. Um, well, besides the YouTube, um, we did create a link private for your tribe. Um, they can get the best selling book and we throw some other goodies in there and it's not one of those, Hey, uh, free book, but you got to put in six bucks for your credit card for shipping. I mean, shipping everything. We pay it. I uh, just go to wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash Ritter. And all you do is put your name and address. There's no card. There's no hidden meaning. You'll get the a nice, just for what we got going on. And if you want to learn more, just go on our website and you can get a call with me. Uh, smartrealestatecoach.com. Again, I'm into free so that you can do your own due diligence. And if you decide you want to look into our niche, great. I'd love to chat. If not, it's okay. Awesome. Well, appreciate you doing that for the listeners, Chris. And we'll make sure we share all that below. Uh, so guys, click on that, get the book. I mean, at least check it out. And with that, Chris, thank you so much for coming on, adding value to the listeners and hope you have a great rest of the day. You bet. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. You too. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.